Hey there. Welcome to the in-between. Part two. <laughs> Welcome back to the in-between. Welcome back to the in-between. We're so glad you're here with us for this second recording of everything that we just said that wasn't recorded. Um, <laughs> like, sorry, guys. Colson's not here. The he's, lost he's letters sick. of He's, he's fluish. Yeah. Um, and I am not awake yet, I guess. So um, if we miss something, that's totally on me. But uh, we're so glad that you're here with us on this dreary January morning. It is a good day to be a duck. <laughs> Second time I've made that joke. And then I pointed out that somebody stopped me on Sunday and said, yeah, this is the epitome of Texas weather when you had Monday and Tuesday low oh. of 17, Wednesday and Thursday high of 70, Friday, Saturday, low of 20. Oh, my and like, And now here we are in just dreary rain. Oh, Texas. Oh, Texas. Yep. Um, welcome back. We are in uh, Luke this week, but Chris, you were actually across the street. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> that last week. Um, you got to remember <laughs> oh, everything you just gosh. said about that. Uh, so okay. can you tell well, us where you were and what what? Cool... Yes, I was across the street at Cross Point. Um, and uh, I don't know if y'all, did y'all mention that in the, did you mention any of that in no, the service? No, I didn't no, know we just, okay. just said I wasn't there. Um, and uh, I think I scared John when I told him I was going to be over there for an interview. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he said it, he said it just like that. I'm like, yeah. what? No, I can't stop. What are we doing? Um, They're interviewing you about something in particular. Well, like I said, they do a lot that better. That doesn't with have the, to do with the job. Amening and that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah, so, they do. you know, that was a temptation. That becomes a temptation. Um, no, that's, no, that's, Jonathan is, uh, he's great over there. Um, and so he's, he does a great job leading that church over there. Anyway, so I mentioned that it was, uh, it, it was a, it's a cool thing that, that one of the, Consequences, I guess, of of the church uh, of us deciding yeah. that that it was okay or cool to keep Alathia open when I came on as the um, uh, campus pastor, 2011, and then even as the lead pastor in 06, mm-hmm. um, that we would uh, that we would keep Alathia going you mean and, in and that kind of stuff. Seventeen. Oh uh, yeah, pastor. Uh, to eleven and then sixteen, sixteen, sixteen. Yeah, uh, not 06, 16. Um. And so, uh, um, and so, one of the consequences has been that that my role at Alathia is actually opens a lot of doors that that I think would not open for me as a pastor mm. um, only. In fact, probably would be very much so closed to me as a pastor. So yeah, that's interesting. Whether teaching, um, I've done. Se- I do. I get to do several seminars for businesses in town and consulting groups and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's. That I think I would not be invited to do that mm. as a pastor. Um, and so. Um, so that's that's a really cool thing, and one of those has been that when that just recently when they opened the Freedom Center, when Cross Point opened the Freedom Center across the street in twenty thirteen mm-hmm. um, from us, which is going to be they wanted to do lay leader counseling, and uh, they're not even calling it counseling; they're calling it coaching and and all yeah. that kind of stuff, mentoring, coaching, all the kind of stuff. Life coach, that's right. Spiritual coaches and stuff, and and then you know Christian coach. So all that in mind, well, what happens is it's. Uh, they have a. Uh, they they reached out to me. We're like, hey, we would also love to have a couple of, you know, actually licensed counselors here. Is there a way we can do that? I was like, yep. Now, Malathia can provide that. I mean, we can send yep. a couple of counselors over there, and we will, you know, they want to work out the schedule. They want to do all that. It's great. I mean, it's a great partnership, a great uh, opportunity, and so, so he wanted me to come over as the lead pastor from South Spring and as the owner of Alathia 
and talk with them about us partnering all together like this is a big, just one big happy church family. And um, because it is, because it is, it's mm-hmm. like that's one of the things we talked about is you know that one of the issues we've run into in the in churches today, like this is an issue mm-hmm. we run into at other churches today is this theory that if you send somebody outside of the church building for any need, that somehow you failed. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm like, listen, when you send your friend to the Christian mechanic, you're sending him to the church. I mean, that the mm-hmm. mechanic is the church. We are the church, not these buildings. Did you get an amen for that? I got a bunch of them. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and so nice. uh, a whole room full of, you know, uh, I think they're going to do the wave for that one. That would have been, that was close. <laughs> uh, that was, it was, um, but that that whole picture of that, is really amazing, and so we wanted. He wanted me to come talk about, you know, why has the, how has the church gotten this wrong? How do we get it right? And I got to talk about, you know, historically, one of my favorite patterns I've seen in history is when, you know, the God's word teaches something for thousands and thousands of years. Sometimes the board, the world comes out and is like, "You've always been wrong about this." Yeah. Now sometimes the world comes out and is like, "Hey, we just discovered something." Yeah. And and it's what would men, you believe? God, would you, mm-hmm. Hey, hey, you know what we ought to do is I think that there's more to people than just this surface. I think there's something going on deep inside. Yeah. And and I think we ought to talk about that. I mean, I think we ought to have discussions about that. I think we ought to mm-hmm. figure that out and 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 yeah. dig into that. And and what's so funny is the church typically, you know, rather than going, well, yeah. I mean, it's yeah. I mean, we've been saying that for 3000 years. That's in Proverbs, it's in Psalms, it's yeah. in uh Jethro meeting with Moses. I mean, it's, you know, hey, the don't don't burn out. You need to do some self-care here, man. You need to gather some people around you and 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 then the world discovers it and claims it and is like no we came up with this it's it's all ours and and the church's response so often is instead of saying yeah okay whatever we you know we've been doing this a long time the church goes no that's bad because you know the world's unpacked it so it must be some we have this weird overreaction so anyway we talked about all this type of stuff and where it talks about you know getting counsel and how those aren't in competition getting help from the church whether it's a Christian doctor or a Christian mechanic or a Christian therapist, it's still the church. Um, and so it was It was great. Um, and they've got a lot of cool things going for them. Um, they do have good coffee and donuts. Um, so we celebrated that as you know, an <laughs> nice. important an alignment. Very an important. Alignment. important. Yep. Um, Make or break type it, work there. <laughs> it's exactly <laughs> right. Um, so we can, in fact, partner. Anyway, but the... Um, uh, it was it was really a sweet time. Um, I'm sure we'll have Jonathan over here to preach some Sunday because um, I really like him and his style. Um, have y'all have y'all have y'all listened to David Guzik, um, no. the pastor? I do know the name because of you because I've referenced, referenced him a few him, times. But I don't, I've never listened to him. No. So he he has this urgency about him mm. when he's preaching. That's like, and I think people hear that some of that in me too. That I'm like, I can't wait to share this next part with you. But you could hear that when David's preaching. David Guzik is like, mm. "Oh, and you're not going to believe this either," and like that. Yeah. And Jonathan's got that. Okay. It was. It was. It's very compelling. That's great. Um, you know, draws you in very much so. And I, I, I think he did a great job. I really appreciate it. Um. So, there's that. Um. But that means I missed the. Uh. I missed the sermon here. And so we were when we realized we weren't recording. We um. <laughs> we were just getting some of the themes and updates and perspectives on on what's going on what what you shared this Sunday and then back into you know how that's going to play into this next Sunday yeah we were talking about how uh, even just for the sake of time because we had a very packed 
schedule, and we still are having behind-the-scenes conversations on the timings of where fell what and how happened and when are we supposed to end. Um, but again, for all the reasons to go long, I mean, Chris, you have to go watch. Uh, you know, Carly send off that really was mm-hmm. just beautiful. Bad so gum. Okay. Commissioning her was was that's great. awesome. Um, and again, even second service was the uh, trimmed down version, which was no less beautiful. In fact, it was more poignant, I think, um, because they were just more precise with it. But mm. Beck did a good job, and Jared prayed, and the amount of people who came up and laid hands on her, um, and that her parents were there for it. Again, fantastic. It was a good time. Um, but it also meant that then had to be very close on timing um, because we had added in so much uh, that then uh, there was certainly a lot of things that I wasn't able um, to fully kind of unpack and then just kind of had to just blow through. Um, but I think it was still... A worthwhile conversation you know we were talking about just some of the overall themes um that we'll be able to keep in mind as we're like looking forward so that we can kind of highlight them as we run into it um one was uh you know just that luke as a gentile writing to gentiles um really emphasizes the humanity of christ in a very unique way um his favorite title for him is son of man um, yep. which, again, is very appealing to mm-hmm. the Greeks, uh, and a lot of Greek writing at the time was focused in on the prototype man, the ideal man, the first uh, uh, pure man. And so here's a whole society kind of even obsessing about this, and so the fact that Luke can come in with um, a, a uh, treatise or a apology or a defense um, for how Jesus is that ideal man, um, you know, is pretty, pretty, again, would be compelling uh, yeah. and would fit well. Um, in the humanity of Christ that he highlights, um, he also then gives us more uh, emotions or feelings than any other gospel writer, and so we'll run into what Jesus felt in a lot of ways being thrown into the story. That is, even in some of the stories that overlap the other gospels, Luke will oftentimes throw in the detail about uh, the way Jesus is, Jesus feels. Um, and so again, the the beauty of getting to mm-hmm. run into a compassionate savior you know the plan all along that god had was for jesus to come as god man uh and then again it it doesn't negate his divinity but that as man uh fully god fully man he then also was able to um identify with the humanity that he came to save and right right and so that that was uh that'll be a fun thing to continue to look out for um we also see you know luke uh writes again another very greek uh uh, thing was, you know, the Greeks were writing a lot at the time of um, social justice, um, a an ethic that could be permeated throughout a whole society that would take care of everybody, um, including the lowly to the high. And so here in Luke's gospel, run a lot into, um, he, he gives us stories and, and parables and teachings of Jesus that are focused on um, the sick, uh, they're focused on the blind, the poor, the widows, the lowly, the outcast, um, and 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 again, there's this large social justice uh, aspect to Luke um, that it's clear that you know uh, that Jesus is coming not to. And we, we quoted uh, the you know doctor doesn't come uh, for those who are for well, well, right? Yeah, but for those who are sick, and so here here we're seeing this gospel um, presented with uh, like a, a savior and a salvation open to even the lowly. And of course, that yep. makes a, a lot of the uh, Jewish leaders at the time upset, and we'll run into that as we go through it. But For sure. one of the ones that we really didn't get to spend a ton of time on is because then when we 
we kind of did that as the over cap, <laughs> the overview. Right. Um, and then what we, uh, what we then did was took the first four verses, uh, that one long run on sentence and try to just ask yes. good, basic biblical hermeneutic questions about context and about, um, the purpose and, uh, Excellent. And, and just kind of walking through those. And one of them, when we got to the context, we were asking, uh, specifically about the author and the audience, you know, who is writing this and who is receiving this. And, um, one of the things that, uh, you know, I didn't have a lot of time to go into, uh, that then this will be fun just to kind of get to expound yeah. a little bit on a podcast a little bit more, um, was really, uh, you had sent over Chris a recommendation of even another church member. And then I had even another person, uh, recommend the Bama podcast, right. um, that really starts to, to question, um, this idea of, of who is this author and who is this recipient and, right. Um, the author one I never had a problem with, um, because I presented it as historically, I always grew up hearing it as Luke is a Gentile, uh, trained as a doctor who becomes a convert to Christianity, um, and then goes onto these missionary journeys with Paul and then with, um, spending with his doctoral training, um, with his, all the academics that he has being a good researcher, getting bound to the truth, spending all his time with Paul is able to learn all of this uh, Jewish thought, and then masterfully right. is able to write a letter to this Gentile that does not exclude um, uh, the Jewish history and the richness and even some of the forms mm. uh, and literary styles of that. And so... Uh, it's amazing what you can learn when you sit around a campfire talking without right. phones. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What? Yes. <laughs> and so uh, and so I never... I mean, that was always how it was... Totally I was Yeah, absolutely totally appropriate. Doable. And yep. I think historically, that's probably the most common one. Um, I remember being exposed... Um, in my undergrad studies, to the idea that potentially um, it wasn't that uh, Luke was learning Judaism backwards after being a Christian convert, mm -hmm. that somewhere along the ways Luke was a Gentile who um, uh, was trained as a doctor and then became a proselyte, so essentially a convert to the Jewish right. faith. Um, so then he would have been circumcised, he would have followed dietary laws, sat underneath the ra teaching of a rabbi, done all the things, and essentially been um, a treated as much as a accepted Jew and welcomed into the house right. of God, right. um, into the people of God. And so um, so I never had a problem. It was kind of seemed like, oh, yeah, you could go either way. It, it's like if w they both explain why he's, you know, well-trained in right, Gentile right, and sure. in his Greek. Um, he, has, he writes in a very high, very medical Greek language and literary form, um, and yet he knows a lot about Judaism. So did he know that? becoming a Jew first, and then following that calling into, just like Paul did, that calling into Christianity? Right. Um, did it, was that the route, or did he do it simply from Gentile to Christian, and then learned backwards the roots of Christianity and Judaism? I could go either way. It doesn't, yeah, it doesn't exactly. bother me. Because no, it, what I, it doesn't really change. Yeah, it doesn't really change anything, um, because I do think that he clearly is, at base, a Gentile, um, and he's able to write this book as a Gentile, mm -hmm. um, again, talking about the social justice, talking about the um, ideal man, um, all these things that are relatable into the Greek culture, right. he's utilizing. Um, and I think we can't forget that. Now, in kind of the late 80s, um, early 90s, you know, kind of with another wave of that uh, really kind of emergence of the rejuification of the Bible or of Jesus, um, you know, uh, there was a, a movement that started coming out where they were claiming that, no, actually, because Luke was... Uh, proselyte, that he, he shouldn't be considered a Gentile writing to Gentiles, that he is a Jew. Um, right? Oh, interesting. And so so okay. the claim is that, you know, he's writing out of a Jewish perspective. Now, again, 
I some of some of the context of the arguments there, just you know, I I can I can go along with him being a proselytite um, because the arguments aren't super super strong either direction. It's right, just kind of right. a yeah, this could be that or it couldn't be that. One of them is in Colossians four when Paul references. Um, Luke, uh, he first talks about, in this list of everybody he's addressing, he talks about um, uh, the, what was it, Brotherhood of Circumcision? Yeah, right. And he says, you know, he sends a, a greeting to all of them, and then later specifically says, and then Luke. And so there's a lot of people who say, well, then Luke's getting mentioned specifically because he's a Gentile and he's not included in the generalized <laughs> brotherhood. But then it's also, Luke is then given the title Beloved um, Physician. Right. And right. so it could also be no, he, he's just getting a special call out. So, <laughs> right. again, I wouldn't exclude him from like, oh, that's proof he's not a that's not that's yeah, not a proselyte. Proof way. Yeah, not but the way that works. Again, it's like, but if he wasn't a proselyte, then yeah, it would be appropriate that he'd be listed outside of it. So that can go either way. The other one um, that uh, a lot of people point to is so you have Paul and his whole first missionary journeys that Luke wasn't a part of, and then you have this. Um, uh, uh, Council of Jerusalem, um, where really the the disciples um, are having to get together and having to make a decision on these Gentiles coming to faith and what all do they need to do or how does it need to right, happen? Right. And so circumcision is a big conversation point that's going on, and you know you have um, all these people getting up and speaking, and Paul makes a defense in this um, and and essentially promotes that you know it's not necessary um, because again Christ has um, fulfilled all of these things, and there's. The, the temple sacrifice isn't the same, you know. All right, those exactly. different things aren't yeah. aren't um, played over in the same ways, and so uh, he goes and makes that great defense, and then pragmatically goes and before his second missionary journey gets Timothy circumcised because his way of right. evangelism was to go to the synagogue first. So it was like, you know, this great pragmatism by Paul to show, yes, you believe in this, and this is doctrinally true, right? But you're not going to let a little thing like well, just a stance on something mm -hmm. above and beyond, getting your mm -hmm. way of telling people about Jesus. So Timothy, go and get circumcised. Right. And it's just about Timothy getting circumcised. There's nothing about Luke getting circumcised before right. he jumps in. And so again, those there's those that say then, no, this is because he was a Jew, that he was he already was, He had already been circumcised. Wow. But again, it's a Woo. argument out of absence. Yeah. Like there's just because the Bible didn't say Luke had to get circumcised as well, and it only mentions Timothy getting circumcised, does that mean Luke didn't get it? Does it mean not? I mean, again, so... I'm not, there's not enough that it, I'm sold on, like, there's a clear cut, was he a proselyte or was he not? I'm fine either way. What I think... So you spent 35 minutes on this on Sunday morning? Exactly. All 35 <laughs> minutes just on this one topic. <laughs> no. No. And, no, absolutely not. Right. And so... He but mentioned I, it. <laughs> I clear, I do think there is a step where if you're, where when you say now Luke is a Jew and writing a Jewish book... That's where it's, I think, taking the argument a little bit too far. Yeah. Um, because again, I, and I don't think you need to make such a, a no. It's not. A, it was never a hard line. Like yeah. a Jew would not have read this and gone like, I don't understand right. any of right. this. Just like a Greek like, wouldn't have read not. Matthew right. and said right. But then there really is like yeah. so. Matthew is a Jew writing a book to the Jews, and so Luke. Um, oh gosh, now I'm also pulling from my head, so you may have to double check this on your okay. own. Okay. Um, Luke, Matthew does 53 direct references to Scripture, um, and uh, somewhere in the upper 90s to lower, somewhere it's like 98 to 102, depending on how you count, the indirect references added on okay. um, to 
Old Testament scriptures. Okay. And so Which I like to call the um non like he he wouldn't have said the if he was just speaking it out loud, he wouldn't have said the reference. Like he wouldn't yeah. have said the he, would sorry, have, he wouldn't have said the like Oh, right, right, chapter right. and verse. Yeah, chapter yeah. and verse. Chapter and verse. Number one, they didn't, chapter, have, they them. didn't have them. <laughs> but like also <laughs> yeah, exactly. because, you know, he wouldn't have cited it. Right, 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 right. And so uh, so Matthew, at, at conservative things, doubles the amount of direct mm. quotations and indirect quotations than Luke. Luke has half as much. And so mm. you clearly get this like, so because Luke has Old Testament references, you know, again, they're using that as a bolster of saying, well, this is a Jewish book. Not not like a Jewish book has Old Testament right. references. <laughs> right. Right. And so, again, it's just, I, I struggle with just kind of the... the, And some of that can be explained away because of who he's writing to. And I think that also is the... Right. That's really the carryover that then now I yeah. say, I can't get on board with probably that. Because there's the, the, nether, the other step of the argument is that not only is Luke a, um, a Jew... Who is right is not just writing to a Gentile. He's a Jew writing to Jews. Yeah, and they're trying to make this a Jewish book. And you, you have to. And there again, Luke does a masterful job in the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. um, and writes a wonderful book that has a great Jewish treatise and a history. Absolutely, yeah. um, and it points to Jesus as a Messiah. Yeah. Um, and there's some there's some you know great things to you. Know, I feel like by choosing that it's a Gentile book doesn't mean that you have to lose. The Jewish it's appeal, Jewishness. yeah, of yeah, course, Jewish appeal. But I think that is where this argument has been played out, and then continues to go is that they were yeah, trying to make odd. him a Luke a Jew writing to Jews. Now, there again, it the the main thing that I say of anybody would go listen to that Bama podcast or read any of these articles that do this. If anything, what I can appreciate it from is they bring out the beauty of the the Jewishness that is included in this Gentile book. I mean, because again, yeah. like we just said, it doesn't have to be exclusion uh, an exclusion. Um, one of them, you know, one of the, a couple of the things that, you know, they, in trying to bring this introduction, pointing out um, that this isn't uh, Theophilus, you know, the God lover, this isn't that, this is just a Greek um, uh, name of a person, um, but instead what they're, what they're saying is that this is a generalized, just kind of anybody who loves God. Right. Um, and again, I, plenty of people make that same thing for the Gentile. Yeah, that's argument. been around the whole time. The whole time. Yeah, exactly. So I can have sympathy to making it more generalized um, in in some degree, but I can't lose the fact that this actually still is a specific person. That Theophilus is a clear individual um, who very much, again, clearly has a Greek name, is being referenced as a Greek name. And the reason is, and this is what I was able to briefly say on, on Sunday, um, is he gets the title, Most Excellent. Um, and that most excellent, you never get right. that title associated to a generalized group. You always get right. it to an individual. You get it to um, uh, Festus, and you get it to Felix. So uh, Luke uses this three other times, this title, and it's always an individual. So I think this is an individual. I think either mm. Theophilus paid Luke, um, or uh, very well that Theophilus That's Luke definitely could have been you a, a title doctor. If you pay somebody, yeah, and <laughs> Luke could have been a doctor owned by. Theophilus. He yeah. could have been under the service of Theophilus. Right, exactly. Um, on loan to Paul, because uh, that's how doctors worked back then. Um, uh, or it could be, it's a very common ter- uh, common thing that when you were writing um, and appealing in Greek, uh, that you would write to one of these higher-ups um, uh, political leaders, you would name them, you would uh, write to them uh, so that they would receive the book, and then if they approved of the book, then then 
that's your like. We know how this works on it's Twitter. It's like publicity. Exactly. Yeah. It's like you you at the near famous east. person. Right. You don't at the person who nobody knows who that <laughs> yeah. is. So this is near ancient East Twitter uh, at its <laughs> finest. And so the so it could just be that he's sorry called X. out. Um, for that purpose. Now, because and again, I think you have to you have to consider him that role. He is that individual. Now, does that negate that all Gentiles could be reading this and benefit from it? No. no. Does it mean that a Jew couldn't pick up this book and benefit from it? Right. I don't think so. Um, it is interesting, you know. Again, some of the ways you know that I didn't get to go into um, is that this not only is it just this euphemism. They're thinking this euphemism for the brothers and sisters of Christ. Um, they they go to the ministers of the word, um, you know that we talked about being the the under rowers. That's what literally that means. Mm-hmm. Uh, one subservient to, um, and instead of instead of taking that as just the principle, you know, of those who anyone who is as a, you know again who's done this faithful research belongs to this this title right. minister of the word. Um, they went back to the Hazanin. Um, or the Hazan would be the singular form. This would be the the, uh, the person um, who would be at the synagogue, who would be responsible for knowing um, all the all of the Torah, um, because it wouldn't be that every synagogue had a copy of every single book in the Torah, mm. and so your synagogue may only have one, um, and and other synagogues around would maybe have one. But if you were trying to say like, you know, hey, I would wonder what. You know, we only have Exodus. I wonder what Genesis says about this. Like, you would have to maybe travel 14 miles to go find out. But instead of that, you would have the Hazin. You would have, or the Hazim, um, or the one person, Hazan, who would be the expert. He's there to be the expert. Hazanim is the plural. Thank you. Hazan is the singular. And so he's the expert of the Torah. So if somebody got up and said, you know, you had a reading out of Exodus, and they said, hey, that really reminded me what Moses said in Genesis... Um, of this, and then quoted it, because this is all oral, and they would have been quoting it directly. Well, it would have been the Hazan who would have gotten up and said, you know, everybody looks around and was like, is that true? You know, if they didn't know, he's like, wait a minute, he's like, the Hazan would be able to one who'd give his, like, stamp of approval and say, yes, you are right, it says that, or, you know, maybe it's this word instead of that word, but yes, this is, you know, it's like, he's there to be the expert. Um, And so there, he's, you know, the argument is that this minister of the word are these Hazans, and that oh my uh, gosh, this is my dad. That Luke, yeah, that <laughs> Luke um, would also be, you know, again in his uh, becoming a proselyte, um, became one of these Hazans because again, this yeah. is how knowledgeable he is of this. Um, they also look at this. This, uh, you know, we talked about Luke wanting to give an orderly account. Yeah, you know, again, this feels like more semantics, but um, uh, the the. The word kind of also can just be an ordered account, meaning that it's not just like orderly and meaning it's all put together, but that it has a specific order to be yeah, followed. It's not, right. It's not supposed to be saying that the others aren't orderly. Right. Like this isn't a dig at the other gospels. No. Like, oh, those guys just threw that together. No, that this is supposed to be ordered in I mean, the sense that it's supposed to be read alongside the other gospels as a companion. Right. Um, and then they and then they go into um, uh, the Bama podcast goes into um, a man named Goulder's uh, work where he essentially, you know, in in the uh, synagogue system, um, you're reading through, uh, and I'm not going to remember the. Jewish names for these, but the Torah, the the primary books, and then all the other teachings. Um, you have a reading from the Torah, and then you have a reading from the other teachings. 
And in, a, in the course of a year, you will read all the way through the Torah. And in the course of every three years, you will read through the rest of the writings. Um, so right. every three years, you get through all of the Jewish scriptures, and you get through the Torah three times. Yep. Um, and uh, Gulder, in his work, points out how Luke's gospel um, walks in a companionship alongside of those readings. Um, and so you would be able to, in essence, read through... Luke's gospel in conjunction with the synagogue readings throughout the year as they're prescribed or out throughout yep. three years. Isn't that interesting? And again, if that's, I mean, and I would say some of those are, are again, spot on. Luke makes yep. some wonderful references in his references in the Old Testament. Um, and is it would, it, would that make sense that, you know, here they are traveling together and they go to a synagogue and they're getting the Torah reading and they're getting the the teachings reading and then they're walking through the week talking about that and then Luke's asking questions and he's writing it down in that order. You know, is that how Luke formulated his Who gospel knows? into order? It'd be a Maybe. lot of work. It would be a lot of work. Um, I think it falls apart again because of the references Luke does have to the Old Testament. Yeah. They don't match up line to line with some of what uh, Goulder's references do. And so... It's it would it would make sense if that was really the motivation. Yeah. If this was primary and not secondary, it yeah. would make sense that those references would align a lot cleaner. Um, and so again, I can appreciate it because it highlights some really cool aspects of Luke, but I can't jump full on the bandwagon. Yeah, saying this is exactly he's what it a was. Jew and he was yeah. writing to Jews. Right. And so yeah, so um, there's a lot more than again. I was not. What well, was all 35 minutes of the sermon? <laughs> yeah, you need you, you still need to listen to the sermon, Chris. And I'll I will. Get that, I'll I get will. That, that was good. But yeah, uh, you got what you need for Sunday. That, dude, that's yeah. I, I had seen some of that stuff as well. I'm I'm actually going to also talk about the theme of witnesses. Like this yeah. is a this is a book about witnesses. Witnesses. Yes. All kinds of people witness. Like we're we're going to start with these witnesses, and then yeah. we have this witness, and this witness, and this yeah. witness. All like especially through the first part of the book. Um, which I think is intriguing. So, yeah, we're going to have a lot of fun with it. This is going to be great. I'm uh, super excited to hear um, as we get back into the text of Luke. Be encouraged. <laughs>